Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spilled Popcorn, aka SP, where we spill the latest and greatest on today's currently streaming shows. The biggest stuff, the hottest stuff. Right now we're off uh, to a wonderful start on episode five of six of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, aka Tafatwas. Tafatwas. We're making that happen. We're making it happen because on Twitter, the the hashtag is all over the place. They drop the the, but it still exists. So it's to fat West. You got to have that T in there. With me, my co-host, Mr. CW, Cam Wiggs. What up? And I am KD, your other co-host, a.k.a. Kirk Doolin. Can you believe it? We are here on episode five of six. I know. The penultimate episode. I mean, it feels like we, hard, we hardly knew you, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, it's <laughs> been... Uh, it's, it's been a short ride, but a good one, um, and I'm all fired up and ready for episode six. Me too, me too. I don't know why this one seems shorter. Technically, do we... Are it's we... probably pretty similar in terms of total runtime. At least I think so. Like, you know, with WandaVision, you got nine episodes that were all around like 30-ish to 40-ish minutes. They kind of got longer as they went, and this one is like six hour long ep- well not even an hour long episode like 45 minute episodes but then this one was an hour long so i feel like it's got to be close it's got to be close right right i, I just uh the storylines there was more to cover i feel like because we were in so many yeah. different locations for this versus wandavision uh in wandavision we were just in westview and here we're all over the map, right. flying different places and flashbacks and establishing this, establishing the future. This feels like, um, to me, um, and let me know how you feel, Cam, as well. This feels to me like in the future, all of the little stuff they're putting in here is going to matter a lot. Uh, I feel like this is kind of our Age of Ultron TV series. Yeah, I really thought it would be WandaVision, and I still think in some ways it will be WandaVision. I think they they obviously at least laid the path in WandaVision for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so we know that'll tie in there. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think they are laying a lot down that's going to come back and matter. That's like small things that don't matter now, but that will in the future. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. So let's talk about this. I want to get going real quick because we have an hour long episode, not this, but from the show that we watched right. called Truth, episode five of six of To Fatwas. Let's get into the unwrapping. Yes. Let's do it. Okay, okay. I don't know that I can cover everything because, man, was it wild. So, what I want to first talk about is right at the beginning, we last left our heroes and um what would you call john walker not necessarily a a hero villain (laughs) (laughs) that's all i know not a hero i hear that i hear that yeah so john walker uh, as we discussed uh just just uh, decapitated basically the guy's head in the in the previous episode um so now he immediately goes to hide out he somehow gets away he's in this giant warehouse and of course bucky and sam walk in and they're pretty forgiving right out the gate they say hey everyone makes mistakes we got to fix this you got to come with us and john's like what are you arresting me this ain't happening so there's a big fight in that warehouse uh, between john walker sam and bucky Pretty fantastic fight uh, in which we see, of course, uh, Sam's wings get ripped off of him in such a brutal, brutal way. What do you think about when you saw that when he just like 
crunch those off of him. Yeah, pretty pretty intense fight. It it was the fight we've all been waiting for, you know. And I think it it was a fair fight, even though it was two on one, because John Walker was just totally seeing red from the events of everything that's going on, and he's obviously recently souped up, so he was ready to go. But um, they finally end up getting the shield from the former Captain America by breaking his arm and rip, basically ripping the shield away and taking him out. So it was an intense fight, a brutal fight, but one that has been we've been building to for the whole series, it seems like. Yep, and they gave it to us right at the top of the episode, which is very different from any other kind of episodic uh, show you might watch. They're just like, here you go, there it is. Um, and in a, the same note, it's kind of reflective of the beginning of Endgame when they just decapitate Thanos. <laughs> so there's lots of things going on there, lots of different echoes. Um, so, and in a little later scene, we actually see uh, Falcon talking with Torres, and Torres is like, wait, you forgot your wings, you gotta take these, you know, this is your stuff. And he says, Sam Wilson says, keep them, which of course verifies Mr. Camwig, CW, uh, the theory that Taurus will 100% carry the mantle of Falcon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's what I'm hoping for, man. I don't see it any other way. And dude, that actor, he's fantastic. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah. Forgotten his name, but he's a, he's a riot. I love him. He's got charisma and, uh, he's got the humor down and he's got the, the, the solid dramatic beats down. So this is going to be a good, a great addition. And, or, I mean, I think we'll see him in the big, the big movies as well. Right. So I assume so in any sort of like larger Avengers engagements, I'm, I'm assuming, Whatever's next for Sam Wilson, if he gets his own movie or something, I think we'll have a Joaquin Torres as Falcon sighting. That's that's my hope and my dream. Super cool. Very cool. Very cool. So then we get to, we go back to John Walker for a little bit, and he has been pardoned by the the powers that be. Uh, he has to stand trial. He loses it at trial. I kind of expected him to like break a table, um, but I think he was also trying to, you know, hold his cards. Uh, he doesn't want them to know that he's necessarily superhuman. He wants to just seem like he lost his cool and just took down, you know, the flag smashers. So, uh, and right after he's pardoned, which shouldn't have been, he is immediately greeted by this new character, uh, someone who's been in the Marvel realm for a long time, played by Miss Julia Lewis. Louis. Oh my gosh. Oh. Elaine, when you say her name with such concentration, it just loses it and you're reading it and there's the S and there's the Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yep. What's her character name, Cam? Her character name is, uh, wait for it, Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. That's so Val is yeah. what is what they call her in the comics. Um, so this was our big reveal, the one that we've been talking about for a while. Um, you know, we, we had been told by multiple, not not us personally, but multiple people were saying that there was going to be a big character that shows up in episode five that's previously unleaked, that's an award-winning actor, and sure enough, all those things turned out to be true. I think we all sort of assumed that it would be a superhero, which is not what we got. Um, so an interesting reveal took me off guard, but I am a massive fan of Miss Dreyfus's work. I think she's fantastic. I love Julie Louis Dreyfus. I've loved her since Seinfeld. I think she's brilliant. So I am stoked. I am so fired up. It's a big win. It's definitely a big win. It, it's 
what they're doing with these leaks about the cameos and you got to wait for this. It's a little frustrating. Um, but this one, both of them were good reveals. You know, we had Paul Bettany as Paul Bettany uh, and White Vision. And we had and we have, of course, Miss uh, Miss Dreyfus as this. Uh, as this Val. was a better payoff. This was, was this was at payoff. least a new pay, a new character and one that. We'll we'll get into it, but one that I think will have huge ramifications for the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Excellent, excellent. So a couple other things that happened in the episode. We sneak in a little bit more with Sharon Carter that, you know, she's probably the power broker. I mean, we see her for like eight seconds in this episode and she's like wheeling and dealing uh with with other kind of bad guys uh then we get a big part of this episode is the sam wilson family narrative uh the sam wilson uh uh, African-American male in America and in society as a whole. We get to see him return to speak with Isaiah, uh, the, the other superhuman who was tested on and tested on and tested on, arrested and held against his will. You know, he wanted to break free. He eventually did. And then he found someone who could find a way to make him uh, be dead on the books. Um, so Isaiah is continuously just uh, ramping up in, uh, in importance in this, in this series. And man, I don't know how he continues to bring break into the bigger MCU, but I can't imagine you let an actor like Carl Lumby come into this and then not extend him. Do you think he'll extend into the films cam? I think he'll be around because I think Eli will be around as, as previously yeah. discussed. I think his grandson will take on significant importance later. So I think we'll get to see Isaiah at least one more time. And, and maybe he becomes a mentor of sorts for Sam mm-hmm. as in his, in his journey to become captain America. It's hard to know, but um, what he brought to this episode, you know, his monologue was fantastic and he was Great. I, I just thought he was fantastic. So, um, you know, I, round of applause for Mr. Lumby. I thought he was yeah. just awesome. Yeah. And remind me what, um, uh, Eli, what superhero do we presume he takes the mantle of? Uh, Patriot. He Patriot. Who is a young Avenger. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be, that's my, I want the young Avengers so bad. It, it, that, I mean, if I were to bet on anything as a sure thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward, it would be that we're getting the young Avengers and the fact mm-hmm. that they went out of their way to name this character, Eli, like, or Elijah, whatever you want to call him. I, I just think he's got to be in the future plans. Excellent. I love it. I love it. I think that's right on point here. We also in this uh, in this narrative of, of identity and struggle uh, with specifically with Sam, we spend a lot of time on this. And again, this is something that that the MC was not done yet is to bring real deep impact uh, narratives that's actually happening in society now. Uh, so with WandaVision, we had mental health with uh to Fatwas, we get uh, the plight of the black man in America and in society as a whole, which is huge. Uh, both of them are huge. This one ha- carries a heavy weight. Um, in the midst of all of that, they throw Bucky and uh, Sam's sister, Sarah, <laughs> they throw this random romance into it. It's a weird subplot for me. I don't know how the general public treats it, uh, but regardless it's happening and it's in there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the big, of the big uh, conversation. Uh, this, 
I don't know. It's kind of weird. What do you think, Cam? Well, I doubt it lives on past the series. <laughs> I, I think it's just like a, a funny, like little flirty thing that they threw in to kind of keep the fire between because Sam and Bucky are getting a little more like friendly now, Chilly. but they had to keep that. They have to give their relationship a little bit of an edge because that's where the sparks come from with those guys. That's right. That's right. Can you move your seat up? No, I hate you. You know, like the one of the greatest. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, so the they end up, you know, working on this boat multiple times through the episode. We see that, that it all comes together. They rally the community uh, in financing and in support and in labor. Uh, and they get this boat on its feet, uh, which is a big deal for the family, for the Wilson family. And they're getting ready to sell the boat. And ultimately, Sarah and Sam decide not to. Uh, we get a beautiful, fantastic montage in, in this episode uh, of Sam actually saying I'm in you know there he's practicing throwing uh the shield and ultimately he just comes down after he speaks with Isaiah to really be ready uh to take on the mantle of Captain America so whether he'll be called Captain America or not that has been yet to be seen or foretold but at the end of this episode he opens a mysterious large case which looks to be his new costume um and immediately following that we get a, a mid-credits scene of John Walker creating what seems to be his own version of Captain America, uh, as he has said multiple times. And in the courtroom, I am Captain America. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. How do you feel about Mr. John Walker uh, getting that suit together? What do you think, man? I don't know. I was trying to uh, remember. There is, in the in the comics, there is like a green captain america looking guy who's like captain america with hydra armor there's like a hydra version of captain america um and so i was like you know the shield that john walker's building is appears to be red white and blue and so he's basically just trying to be like no i am captain america i'll just do this on my own um but i don't know exactly where they're going for that but he's he definitely still feels he owns the mantle and, and he's ready to fight for it Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's get into the butter. We're going to talk about a little bit more of that in in the butter and in the crumbs here. So let's get down to something that was huge that just like brought sparks to my heart. The shield training, the shield throwing training. They have like these mats against these massive trees. They're bouncing it. You know, it's just like a, it, it's almost like racquetball with uh, with uh, Bucky and Sam just like throwing it having deep conversations as bros in the forest <laughs> and they're just going at it. What's what did it mean to you to see them uh, basically playing catch with the the shield that stands for justice? Yeah, well, I feel like this is something they showed in the promo material, actually, for the show early on, like in the trailers and stuff. There were these scenes that of uh, Sam and Bucky throwing the shield, like training and things like that. And I have been kind of wondering, I'll show them, like, we haven't seen this yet, so he, they must get the shield back at some point. Um, but it was cool. It was cool to see Sam using the shield, you know, no wings, no superpowers, just old school, going for it. Um and I, I loved the converse, the real talk that they were having between Bucky and Sam and how, you know, Sam kind of called Bucky out on some stuff and Bucky kind of challenged Sam on some stuff. Um, I, I think overall the purpose of this episode was to show us that Sam Wilson can be Captain America um, yeah. because there, you know, there had to be a reason internally that he turned down the shield 
and they checked all the boxes. It's like, okay, um, you know, he's got to train up. Okay, he's got it. He's got to deal with his stuff at home, which he did, and, and Bucky helped him do that, which was awesome. He's got to deal with, you know, the Isaiah Bradley thing, and, like, how can he ever even be Captain America after everything that Isaiah Bradley went through and, um, you know, the fact that they basically didn't want Sam Wilson to be Captain America because right. he's a black guy. Like they had to deal, check all those boxes before Sam could finally take the mantle. And now they've gotten all that out of the way and, and we're ready to, you know, coronate our new Captain America. So it's very exciting. Excellent. I love that, that you said that you brought up about how, you know, that they didn't want Isaiah to be the Captain America. He would have been the obvious choice. He was available. Captain America was frozen. Uh, Bucky was MIA and he was the winter soldier and being frozen, unfrozen and just carrying on. Um, something that uh, when Endgame ended, uh, we actually got that in real time. People were mad that it was going to Sam Wilson, not just because they wanted Bucky to get it because Bucky was the original best friend, but because Sam Wilson, because Anthony Mackie is black. So the, you know, art imitates life and life imitates art. That's so deep that they were yeah, just it's like pretty meta front and center. They're like, listen, th this whole storyline is going to establish like, you you can just be mad or have or have hate in your heart, but why do you have that? Uh, like why why are you? Uh, what's the reason? And you really need to look deeper inside yourself and understand that there's zero reason for you to be upset about this move, about this narrative, uh, and it's a really powerful storyline uh, of of the success and and where we should be going. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Again, I, the Isaiah the Isaiah Sam relationship is huge. That montage is so so great when he's training up do you know like can anthony mackie all do those flips were those him it looked like him it didn't right? look like a stunt double i mean you could see his face the whole time i mean he's he's always been pretty well in shape he's been in a lot of action movies and things like that so yeah i wouldn't be super surprised they could have had him tied up on wires like let's Maybe. be honest they could have, they could have done that but it looked it did look legit even if he was on wires, man, you know, he's always giving Tom Holland crap. You know, like they're always like, you know, nudging each other, you yeah. know, ribbing each other. But I mean, Tom Holland, we know can like do all these crazy flips. It's on all over his Instagram yeah. and behind the scenes of Spider-Man. But I think Anthony Mackie, you know, he, he talks, he talks trash to him because he can hold his own yeah. so much. It because could be. Him flipping all over the place, catching catching the shield and dodging the shield when he missed it, and it's like going to like destroy his house behind him. Uh, like it it blew my mind. That stunt work was incredible. It was really cool. And, and one last thing on Sam Wilson that I think is important for his arc as Captain America. Yeah, Isaiah Bradley did not give his blessing. You know, yes. he he didn't say go be Captain America. He actually said no self-respecting black man would ever pick up that shield. And so I right. think that's a really important piece of character development that Sam, you know, he even acknowledges it when he's talking to Sarah and to Bucky. He's like, I know what Isaiah said, but it's time for me to do this. You know, he, he understands what happened, but he's like, if we're ever going to move forward, it's time for me to, to do this. So I, I think that's a really interesting piece too. Right, right, right. So he's trying to bridge the gap, right, of of the hatred uh, that was then and still is present now. And he's trying to just stand up to it, which how admirable and honorable. Yeah. So it's going to be great. The last thing I want to talk about that I didn't talk about in the unwrapping is about uh, Zemo. 
he is he comes and he's tr- kind of tricked to come up and and meet with Bucky and Bucky basically he's trying to like team up with him uh, and try to run like a side mission underneath to to just do whatever they want because they're both so powerful and uh, so Zemo has connections uh, and he's a mastermind and of course Bucky is a trained character wired to do that and he can bring that up at any time and ultimately we see Bucky ready to blast his head off and then just nothing drops the bullets nothing and then of course uh, the door Milaje comes in and just arrests him and takes him to Wakanda so so cool such a fun scene um, in a weird way I mean they wasted that guy in the last episode I was like maybe they just kill Zemo I don't know but he's too big to kill like we need to see more of him whether he breaks out of Wakanda or he becomes an evil consultant for something in the future Zemo is arrested how do you feel about that well I think Something to point out here is Zemo has been one step ahead of everything this whole time. He, he has been, he has known what the next move is. And in fact, when he's at the Sokovian Memorial and Bucky shows up, he even makes a point to say, I thought you'd be here sooner. Um, he, he's played right. this whole thing out. And so that makes what happens to, to be even more surprising because he had no escape plan. He, he knew that Bucky was going to show up, presumably to kill him. Bucky opts not to, which shows his growth as a person. Um, and instead, you know, he's turned over to the door of Milaje. And so Zemo, I think, gave himself up. I think he was ready for this and was tired of being on the run. Um, and maybe maybe feels guilty for his involvement in the death of King T'Chaka. I, I don't know. It, it, it paints a pretty interesting storyline for Zemo and makes me think that we definitely haven't seen the last of him. Right. The question is, does he want to just chill for a while, uh, let things die down and then bust out of that prison too? It's something we know he's very good at. And... Well, we'll, we'll get into it in the crumbs. I have some thoughts. I have some <laughs> thoughts for sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's get there right now. Let's talk about the crumbs. Uh, let's talk, let's go straight into Zemo. Why waste another moment on yeah. it? So, is he going to break out of Wakanda? Or, or is he going to sit for most of phase four and then at the end just come back at us? What's What do you think? So what Io says as they're hauling him away, she says he'll, he'll live out the rest of his days at the raft. So they're taking him to the raft, which is a famed prison um, in, in Marvel lore, and it has already made an appearance in the MCU. If you remember in Civil War, they right. took... Bucky and Sam and Ant-Man, they took all those guys to the raft um, under the the supervision of General Thunderbolt Ross. And the reason that that's interesting is there is a superhero team of reformed supervillains called the Thunderbolts in the comics. It's a very popular supergroup. You know, it starts out as the Masters of Evil sort of like pretending to be heroes while the Avengers and Fantastic Four are out of play, but then they sort of like it. And so it ends up being like this suicide squad type thing where, you know, it's all these former villains who end up being superheroes. And one of them is Baron Zemo. He's one of the founding members. And one of them is Red Hulk or General Thunderbolt Ross. So um, the fact that General Ross is still in the picture, he's been here since that 2008 2008- <laughs> Incredible Hulk movie starring Ed Norton, and we've got Baron Zemo there at the raft, presumably, you know, together. And Baron Zemo seems to be on his on the mend a little bit towards perhaps redemption. Um, 
maybe he gets out on good behavior and starts a super team. I think that <laughs> that could be a really interesting plot line. And, and, you know, Marvel's so smart because they lay seeds for every possible scenario, you know? And, and so I think they could just as easily go with that or not. And it just be like little nuggets for the fans. But um, I think that's a definite possibility. And I think that they're laying other seeds that sort of allude to it. That is strong. I love that because Baron Zemo has broken out of, as we've seen on screen twice. Yep. Um, but yeah, to for the third time to be at the at the behest of the government, uh, especially of, of Wakanda, right? That would be pretty, pretty powerful. So it's, ooh, I like that a lot. I like it a lot, man. Could be cool. Could be cool. Um, <laughs> next thing, we got to talk about our big new character, right? We got to talk about Val. This is an interesting one, man. (laughs) This is, you know, when they talk about adding a new character, you're you're always curious about who it can be. And and in comic book, in in the comic book realm, there's so many possible characters, and that's why you can just go on and on. Uh, You know, we all took the bait and went the superhero route. Of course, they decided to zig while we zagged, um, and we get Val. And, And Val is a really interesting person for a lot of reasons. She, like a lot of the new characters that they're introducing, really blurs the line between good and bad. She starts out in the comics as a shield agent, you know, high security clearance, like big dog, right up there with Nick Fury. And in fact, her and Nick Fury actually have a romantic relationship in the comics for quite some time. Um, But then she, I mean, she flips the script so many times. She becomes a member of Hydra, but then she actually betrays Hydra. Uh, to Leviathan, which is another uh, like covert ops organization. She, uh, you know, they, they, she turns out she's like a, an agent for Russia at some, like a sleeper agent in, in the same way that like Black Widow was supposed to be at some point. And the rumor is that she's going to appear in Black Widow. And that was actually the first time that we were going to see her was going to be in Black Widow and not in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So whether they keep that scene who knows? Maybe it hits the cutting room floor now that the like order has been switched up. But she right. was supposed to appear in Black Widow first. She actually filmed for that. Um, so what I think is going to happen with Val, they could go a number of different ways. She she never plays like what I would consider a massive role in the comics. But what I think they're kind of having her do here by the looks of it and by her interaction with John Walker is to like kind of be the evil Nick Fury, I guess. Like, it it sure seems like she's assembling a team of some sorts. And with that in mind, it makes you wonder if her involvement in Black Widow comes at the end and maybe she's working with Yelena Belova, who is going to be played by Florence Pugh, who we've talked about before, definitely also blurs that line between good and bad. And so if Val is building a super team um, of you know, evil people, maybe it's John Walker, Yelena Belova, et cetera. And she is going to be the Nick Fury, the, the point man on that, on that job. I love this. I love this so, so much. Do we have a confirmed Fury TV series as well? Yes. 
boom. We do. <laughs> There's so many opportunities to intertwine all of this. I love the uh, love story between them. Uh, we, we, we get flashback. Obviously, we have the technology uh, to make Nick Fury young again. <laughs> so that would be fantastic. We have obviously the Avengers. We have the evil reformed, uh, evil but reformed super team that Zemo can create. And then we have the evil, evil team uh, that Val is going to be creating. So now we have all of these different teams intermixed because when you think about it we have all these big bads and they all went down because they all had like armies or small armies or big armies in the case of thanos but they couldn't hold their own against the avengers anytime because they were a team so now they're learning in the mcu and they're like wait we need a super evil team if they've got a super good guy team. <laughs> so right. that I love this. I love this so much. Um, what what do you think about John Walker? Can he make it out of this series alive? I desperately need him to because uh, Wyatt Russell. What what a a gem because. He's been in some, uh, his introduction and in, in debut into film was good, but it wasn't grand. You know, he was in 22 Jump Street. I think that was his biggest film yeah. at that point. Uh, he was in this and maybe still be in this kind of strange, weird show on FX where there, there's a cabin and a secret society of, uh, of like a fraternity or something, which I haven't seen. Um, but then you have this where it's like, holy cow, he's not holding back. Do you see John Walker going forward outside of this series? Yeah, I definitely do. I, I think I think John Walker is going to survive. I think they've built a good character here. I think it's an intriguing character and one that is not past the point of redemption in some way. You know, he 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 made a mistake and it was a big one. Um, but you, you kind of get where he's coming from, and and even his speech that he gives in front of, yeah. you know. I don't know. It's probably some sort Congress. of committee in Congress or something like that, where he's, t- you know, he's giving his little speech about, I did everything you asked me to do. You know, you kind of feel for the guy a little bit. So I, I definitely don't think he's past the point of redemption, but I think he's just way too interesting a character to not leave out or to not include going forward. But the direction that we're heading in, it seems like for episode six is that, so we've got the, um, Global Repatriation Council, the GRC, are meeting to vote on this thing that would make everybody go back to their original countries. They would bring troops in. All these refugees would go back to where they came from, and life would return to normal pre-blip. The Flag Smashers infiltrated. They're shutting that down. Sam knows that this is going down because Torres called it in and was like, hey, we think the Flag Smashers are going to hit in New York. Sam's cracking open his new suit, which we have not seen yet. It's from the Wakandans. Bucky dropped it off. And John Walker's getting his suit ready. Now, the reason John Walker's getting back into the action, I think, is because when he talked to Lamar Hoskins' family, they asked him, is this the guy who killed him? And he's like, yeah, I would never let that person get away. But we know that it's not. And John Walker knows that it's not the guy who killed him and that his business is really with Carly Morgenthau. And so he's, he's going to finish what he started and he feels it's, it's, it's his duty to take her out. Um, I, I don't know if she will be taken out, but he's going to have to deal with Batrock too, because, uh, as we saw, uh, Sharon Carter called him in to help out the Flag Smashers. And so that that's the conflict that we're heading toward, and it's going to be big in Episode 6. But I do think that 
your wish will be granted, Kirk, and, and our John Walker will live on and survive to, to move on God. to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I need him to. I need him to. He's too good of a property to lose. Um, I mean, we, we've gone through so many fantastic actors that get killed off at the end of their film, and I just got to see John Walker get at least one more appearance. That's uh, that's all I want. Please, please, Feige. Please, if you're listening, <laughs> I would just like uh, Wyatt Russell to continue on in one more, uh, one more instance of this. Uh, and Carl Lumby, please. I need the both. <laughs> let's let's hope for it. Should we speculate about the color scheme and layout of the new Captain America suit that Falcon's going to be sporting in the next episode? Dude, I don't even know because, so, like, thinking about Scarlet Witch's new costume, I know it was baller, really so. cool. Um, so I think we're going no wings. And the reason I think we're going mm-hmm. no wings is because they have the scene with Torres where he's like, keep the wings. And when he's training, he's training no wings. Now in the comics, when he's Captain America, he also has wings sometimes. And sometimes he doesn't, but I think we're going to go full no wings and it's going to be a straight up Captain America suit. Now in the comics, he has this, what I think is kind of a goofy looking costume, uh, that is, uh, like silver, you know, and it has like a little headband as a piece of it, and it's like silver and and blue and red. So, mm-hmm. what do you think we're gonna get? Is this gonna be like a more traditional Captain America suit, or do you think it will be more modern, more Wakandified, like silver, black, red, blue? I don't know. What are you thinking? So when they peek that little that little case up, I saw yeah. red. I okay. saw it. <laughs> yeah. I swear by it. So maybe it's like largely red because Falcon's original color scheme is mostly red. And so that would be a familiar look for him. Um, I'm wondering if we get the silver headband, dude. I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's going to look very modern because everything that's come out of Wakanda has been modern. Like think about the Black Panther outfits and obviously like Bucky's arm and some of the stuff that Mm -hmm. they've created. So I think it's going to look pretty slick. But yeah. I just, I don't when know exactly say, what it'll look for. When you say like the headband, it's wrapping around his eyes, his right? His eyes, yeah, yeah. And it goes like down his face, but his hair like sticks out the top, right? Like it's, it's yeah. not closed off. So it can't like, oh, like kind of like, like it this, goes like, like all arc. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I could see it just going like straight, like almost like uh, how Robin's eye mask is. It's just here, you know, but it would have to be functional as well. So since it's from Wakanda, there's obviously going to be some tech built into that. Oh, for sure. Um, So whether that's, whether that's just here or it's a full, I don't think it's a full helmet because you have to be different. um, Yeah. You have to be able to, but it also has to be protective. So there's, there's that too, you know? So I don't know. um, Is he going to have wings like slight, like small, tiny wings, like just like there's a little homage. That would be cool. A little homage to the original. That would be, that would be cool. I, I, Um, all I know is I was ticked that they left us with that cliffhanger. I was like, show us the suit. I just, I was actually shocked because you know how Disney always like, there's like eight minutes of credits at the end of every Disney plus show. So I just thought there was more time in the show and we were for sure going to see the suit. And then when we didn't, I was like, Oh man, man, I tell you every one of these, I'm just going like just tiny scroll. I'm watching on my iPad mostly. And I'm like, come on, come on. Is yeah. Hidden, for the scene in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was no post credit scene. It was mid credits only unless did I miss it? Is there no, no, there was just, just mid credits and it's just right. the, just the little minor scene of John Walker putting his shield together so and here's why i also see it as mostly red because in the montage of uh of sam going through training 
his shirt, you know, he's in gray mostly as he's yeah. training and running. And then his, his sweater at the end of it is like a, is like a maroon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I think like, this is it when he gets the best that's at what color. he's doing. That's his color. That's his color. So that'd be pretty cool. We'll see what happens though. I'm excited. We will see on episode six of Tafatwas, a.k.a. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's Cam Wiggs. I'm Kirk Doolin. Listen to Rhetoric, the original music for this podcast slash video series. We cannot wait to digest the finale with you. Any parting words, Cam? Just get your popcorn ready for episode six, (laughs) man. It's going to be bumpy and awesome. Amazing, amazing. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Peace.